This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools, and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better. Welcome back to Life Made Better, the podcast where we interview interesting people that not only inspire us, but so they can, we can find out how they made their life better and how we can learn from their story and their challenges. Today, we're super excited to interview Alice Sheldon. She is the founder of Needs Understanding, who has recently, we can all celebrate with her, launched her first book, Why Weren't We Taught This at School? Alice's passion is sharing the interpersonal skills which make up needs understanding. Alice has been a secondary school teacher, a barrister, and the chief exec of a national charity. She has an MA in psychology and neuroscience from the University of Oxford, and she's a certified trainer in nonviolent communication. She developed a model of partnership parenting and now for a decade has worked with hundreds of fellow parents to create thriving relationships with their children. This became the springboard for her creation of Knees Understanding, which brings a partnership approach into all spheres of life. Wow, Alice, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of achievement there. Well done and welcome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for inviting me. It's a delight to be here. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. We've got seen what you've done on your resume, but let's let's find out a little bit more about Alice. Alice could probably talk for several days about Alice. So, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, tell me what you'd love to hear, Flo. What do you think your listeners would, would enjoy? So how did you come into this kind of knees understanding space and working with parents? I think that's a very important niche sure, that you're working sure, in. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean I, I think just in my sort of innate personality or genes or something has been a real longing ever since I was really very little to try to do things in the world which are going to try to make some impact on the kind of injustices that we see around us. So although my CV is complete, you'll have heard scattergun of kind of different things. The thread running through it has been that I have wanted very explicitly to try and have um, impact in that way. And the arrival at the needs understanding work uh, really came about when I had my daughter and realised that I didn't know how to parent her in a way that was going to give me the kind of relationship with her that I longed for and give her the tools and skills that would send her emotionally well-equipped into the world in a way that I was not emotionally well-equipped in my um, late teens, early 20s. So actually, it was my daughter who has given me so much in my life, uh, but also started me on this journey to finding this body of at work, which has really significantly impacted me personally, as well as being something that I share professionally. Mm. I think you mentioned something quite interesting there, which is realizing that you wanted to be that sort of kind parent. And I wanted to kind of unpack that a little bit, because I think for far too long, education has been that perhaps misconception of Educating a child is all about limiting uh, options like don't do that, you shouldn't be doing that. 
And what I perhaps am hearing is that shift of actually, let's just see how we can be a bit kinder to our children and ourselves and trying to introduce a different approach. Am I, am I right in hearing that? Completely, completely, Lucia. And it's always lovely hearing what different people pick up in, in, you know, in what's being said. So, and I, and I think it's, it's fair to say that one of the most common things that's said to me, if I've got a room full of parents with me is, you know, I find myself doing exactly what my parents did and I don't want to be doing this, but why do I keep doing it? Or I'm managing to kind of keep that in check and not do it, but I don't know what else to do because I don't have any other options. And for me, yeah, you pick up on that piece around kindness and with needs understanding the, what, what I absolutely love about it is that it is a really simple toolkit for unpacking some of those things and finding different ways forward that feel kinder and less limiting, which doesn't mean permissive. It doesn't mean then that, you know, our, we sort of say, oh, well, you can do whatever you like, darling, and, and sort of let go of our kids at all. But it is about having a really clear sense of uh, a way of, of, of interpreting their behaviour and our behaviour so that we can, we can create relationships that, that really work. I'm really curious when you talk about this kind of toolbox of the needs understanding. Can you explain a little bit more so our listeners can understand how it works? Yeah, I can. Absolutely. I will give you um, an example, actually, which I use in the first chapter of my new book, which I've so very, it's so Woo! new. It's hard not, you know, yeah, it's just very exciting. But anyway, um, in that in that first chapter, the example I give is one from when my daughter, uh, who's now a, a teenager, was much younger, and I'm sure this will be familiar to 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 all of us actually, whether we've parented a child or, or been a child, um, where uh, we're, we're trying to go out of the door, and uh, and and your child just does not want to go, and you you you've kind of had a deal going on. You know, when they've finished playing, we'll go out because this is your time now to go to the cafe and see other people or to do whatever it is you need to do. Um, and the child just doesn't want to go and refuses. And you try all of your best parenting strategies. You know, you, you persuade, you encourage, you bribe, you, you know, you, you get on some less desirable strategies, you shout and nothing really works and you end up kind of unhappy. So what we would then do is encourage kind of a putting on of, 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 of what I like to think of as needs glasses, where we actually start to understand the situation in terms of our needs. And I could go, I mean, I could develop this example in lots of different ways, but I'll tell you the one thing I found the most helpful with this is I couldn't understand why my daughter not putting on her coat and refusing to go out really sent me into kind of red mist territory, like rage, that sort of murderous rage that, <laughs> that, that I'd get. I just, it just made no sense to me. And what this way of looking at the world has encouraged me to do is to understand my own what I call fingerprint needs. And these are needs, uh, I'll, I'll tell you that the one that's operating in this case for me is my need to matter, to know that I matter. Now, I grew up and I didn't know that I mattered, not through any fault of my parents at all, and certainly not their intention, but I didn't have a sense of mattering. So through my early life, my need to matter wasn't met. That means that whenever someone, and in this case, it's my daughter, touches on that need in their behavior. So in this case, it's you know, I want to stay and play, you know, who cares about your trip to the cafe or whatever it is, I will get triggered 
much more than I should do from that particular instance. So it's not just that I'm reacting to my daughter, I'm reacting to all of those years of that need not getting met. And I can then act out on that. And that's where I start to behave like my own parents might have behaved and why I'm so unhappy. So, so that's one tool within this body of work that if we know what our trigger points are in terms of our needs, it becomes much easier to it becomes much easier to spot them. And there are all kinds of techniques for holding our own needs with compassion so that I don't then make it my daughter, age three, five, whatever it is. I don't make it her responsibility to make me matter, which of course I, do, I don't want to do. Mm. So what I'm hearing is that real understanding, isn't it? Understanding of her needs, understanding of your needs, understanding of your past conditioning as well. Yeah, I mean, we call it in coaching wounds or burdens. Yeah, what burdens you're carrying. Yeah, that's really, yeah. I love that though, because it's really clear. It's it's so clear for people to know, isn't it? Because we often talk about in coaching, you know, you need to look after your needs. But like you said, people don't know what they are. <laughs> and it I takes was- a long time. Yeah, I was going to ask if you've got perhaps any, you know, tips or methods, if it's not unveiling too much, but how do you come to understand that that is what is triggering you? How does one come to understand the needs? Yeah, I mean, what I also love about this work is there isn't one particular route in. So each person will have ways that work better, that that work better for them than for others. So I'm not someone who has who can remember 23 different techniques for doing something. I just want something really simple. And I love this. That actually, all I need to do is put on my knees glasses. What are the needs? At, at, at base, that's it. You know, But there is a list of needs and the needs all fit onto you know, a, a nicely spaced side of A4. So you can actually sit there and look at needs that we all share as human beings. And there's tomato is there and, uh, you know, uh, lots, lots of other kind of types of needs. So... Going finally, I'll answer your question, Lucia. How do you actually identify what your needs are? Sometimes people just pick up that need sheet, and some of the needs, like they give them a physical sensation in their body of like, oh, it's kind of it gets you in some way, and you're like, yeah, I recognize for some reason this has got emotional energy around it. So that's a really simple way of doing it. But also, often thinking about those situations where you're triggered. So I just gave an example of my daughter with the coat, but whatever the situation is, when you're reflecting on it, one easy way to reflect on it is again, to have your need sheet with you and just to sit there and like, okay, think back to that, feel into your body, what you're feeling and go, go just have a look down the list and see which needs jump out at you. And again, it's a, it's a very just, you know, easy way to start to get to know your own personal needs map. We probably only have somewhere between two and five fingerprint needs each that sort of number so and there are lots of other needs that play a part in our lives all the time but actually just knowing okay so I can say oh hello need to matter I recognize you you're welcome but you're not going to rule my life right now you know it's that kind of yeah Holden, yeah, I can we can we can talk later about how to get Holden needs less but I they're they're freely available so um yeah that's great and I you as you were saying that I was just thinking about you know when I was taught my psychology, like those three basic needs of safety, respect and belonging. And that fact that, you know, as a parent, you don't get respect all the time (laughs) and how hugely triggering that is. And unless you understand that you don't get the respect and it's nothing to do with you, how quickly we are all triggered. And it is a basic need that 
you know, it's not something we even think about unless you meet somebody like you and you've identified that that's what's going on. And it's so freeing, isn't it, actually, as you say that, Fleur, and talk about not getting respect. I, I kind of am carried as a parent physically into that space and, and, and experiencing the sense of, of freedom when I think, you know, I don't need to look to my daughter, uh, sorry, of uh, respect. I don't need to look to my daughter to give me that respect. I can, I can find that elsewhere and then I can come back and parent in a much more choiceful and free way with clearer boundaries and, and that, that don't load her with stuff so yeah and I love the fact that you're just you're just making us all realize that there's nothing wrong with us <laughs> this is just being human it's hard a human bringing up a human is extremely extremely difficult and it is something we're not taught it's something we're not given enough support from and as you rightly said right at the beginning we end up copying our parents and then this goes into this guilt and judgment that feeds the problem instead of helps us solve the problem. So thank you so much for identifying that. No, that's a pleasure. And I'm loving hearing how it fits also. I'm not so familiar with coaching models, but it doesn't surprise me that it, it fits because this isn't none of this is new work, is it? I mean, we all just bring our kind of different angles and different perspectives because different people, again, we're all different. And so we just resonate with, with different ways of understanding the world. But it's so, I think it's so wonderful that we have these conversations now that 50 years ago were not taking place. Yeah. And what I'm also liking hearing is that, you know, as human beings, we are narrowly focused most of the time. So when we get disappointed or triggered by something or someone, we just think that that's it. That's the end of it. Like, you know, our whole life is now a shitstorm, excuse my French, just because this particular thing has happened. And I think it's quite important to also be aware and know that that is just one isolated thing in the great scheme of things and also looking for that validation. We were just talking about like, you know, my daughter is disrespecting me. Well, just the very basic of knowing that that needs satisfaction can come from different places. And in fact, it comes from different places. Like for me in particular, I just felt the sense of relief is like, oh, hang on a minute. I don't need to be validated in every single way, but just in person. I can pick and choose and get different, you know, energy and different streams from different people. I think that's also a very important point. And I think when you're filled, when your some internal tanks are filled up in that way, you can then go back into the conversation with your daughter and find out what might be going on for her. What needs is she meeting when she's doing this disrespectful behavior? What's going on for her? And then you're much more likely to see a change in relationship and a change in behavior because there isn't that loading attached to it anymore where you need her to do something. Yeah, it's, it's cleaner, Lucia, I think, and freer, as you say. Mm, that's what I'm hearing, that real uh, sense of awareness that we all need. Yeah, that pausing and being aware. What does what does she need? I've got three girls, <laughs> and I three under three, so you can feel my pain. I was a school teacher for twenty years, so I I, I should have been prepared, and I still wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it's just that pausing, isn't it? And being able to step back and be and look at the situation with that awareness. She's got needs. I've got needs. You wanted to go to the cafe. You probably needed some connection. 
she was enjoying what she was doing and probably was getting was in her safe space and was getting her needs met and didn't need to, to move but you can have that open conversation even with a child once you know that you've both got needs and you can you can compromise you can it's that that understanding and isn't it yeah yeah absolutely and and you know like for all of us once we know that the person we're talking to has got has got our needs and minds about them then we become much more ready to shift so with my daughter you know if i was approaching her instead of with my murderous rage you know kind of techniques if i were if i was saying to her okay i guess it you really just want to stay here and have some fun actually you know that's what you're wanting to do you know and you'd like to choose as well you don't want me to be making the choice without taking you into account and immediately usually she'd come up with some bizarre solution as young children often do you know to the problem like well you know let's take this green piece of paper with us and i'm fine to go to the cafe or you know it's like that real empathy where we actually become less attached to our strategies and more ready to really understand what's going on for the other person as well as ourselves Um, i can see how this is hugely important for teens as well you know when that their emotions are so intense and we're, off, we're often going through perimenopause or menopause <laughs> and our emotions are tense as mums as well and if we do not have some more understanding of our whole systems you know our psychology and our biology it can cause huge problems going forward so I can see how this is so important for teens what are you finding in the teens world when you're working with the understanding of their needs yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because so I have one daughter. And so this is the first time that I'm doing a teen as a parent. And it is astonishing how like it is to parenting a toddler, really, except that it's bigger, you know, and stronger. <laughs> and opinionated, even more so. <laughs> exactly. Really, really knows words to use that can, you know, that can be hard to receive. <laughs> So I, I have to say, I, I, um, I really enjoyed recently listening to a podcast from Annalisa Barbieri about brain science with teens. That was really, obviously, my degree originally was in psychology and neuroscience. And, and I, I found that her kind of take on in the conversation on the, the teenage brain and what's going on is really helpful and actually just understanding more about the, the limitations and the possibilities meshed very well with the needs understanding work. Uh, yeah, and you're you're absolutely right, Fleur, that uh, it is highly applicable, the thing of just listening, you know, being available, being there, having real clarity around where you stop and they start, you know, all of that, which comes in needs understanding is, is, is important. And I have to say, I'm not doing an elegant job with it all the time by any means. <laughs> and that's another thing, actually, you were saying earlier, Lucia, I'll just say now, being able also, it, it's a very kind, I think, and compassionate. And like you were saying, Flo, we're all just human, but knowing how to go back and really say a clean sorry, not a sorry that's trying to make the other person relieve your guilt which is how we often say sorry but just a real regret about you know I wish I hadn't behaved like that and and um and I can see it really impacted you and do you want to tell me more that kind of sorry is is powerful yeah I think that's so important that you've mentioned that I always say to some of the parents that I work 
we're gonna rupture but do repair because <laughs> we can't get it right you know and I'm dealing with three teens and I you can't I don't think you can get it right all the time it is it's that curiousness all the time of is this working is that not working do I need to try that but for me the power of knowing what their needs are and what our needs are and understanding the brain science as well I love Daniel Siegel so if anyone wants to look his stuff up yeah if you look his brainstorm up he is great at sharing and getting you to understand what's happening in the brain of the teen. So I want to know more about your book (laughs) and how we came there, because I know there'd be lots of people out there who would love to have written a book, including us. And we haven't got there yet. (laughs) So please tell us more, Alice, please. (laughs) That is so so lovely. Obviously I nearly just, you know, climbed onto the ceiling and started shrieking happily about my book, but I'll try and be, I'll try and be sensible about it. Yeah, I mean, this book, someone said to me, I suppose, four or five years ago, you need to write this down. And that was the first person to say it. And then, you know, that was became quite a constant message. And I dismissed it because I really don't enjoy writing at all. However, I did think that this material isn't out there in this way anywhere. And I wanted it to be. So I did lots of sort of research and I joined various Facebook groups and, you know, whatever. And eventually I mapped out the chapters of the book in sort of some kind of way. I was saying to you before we started recording, but I'll say it again, I, I wrote the first chapter and with quite a lot of tentative energy, handed it over to a writer and writing coach who just sent it back. It had red pen all over it. And it just said one word at the bottom, which was unreadable. So that was kind of like, you know, okay, I need to get some resilience here in this whole (laughs) process because this is not going to be easy for me. Anyway, fast forward, you know, a couple of years and with the help of an amazing kind of team of people, and that's something I love to do is to have a team around me. I have a, a, a book with illustrations by a couple of different people and uh, writing with my lovely co-writer. Uh, uh, yeah, and a book that I'm 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 really really proud of. So many people have read it and commented and changed it. It's it's it doesn't feel like just mine at all. And I and, and I yeah, and thank you for asking because it launches this week, so it, it is really 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 hot off the press and um, and lovely to share it and isn't it number one on the kindle list come well, on it was absolutely celebrate. when it launched <laughs> and, and I, ironically you you don't choose what categories it goes into amazon chooses so it was in self-help and it was in it was in uh, parenting and it hit number four in both of those which was amazing it hit number 149 overall so we were just inside the 150 which was again amazing of all kindle sales but the, the 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 category that I was most pleased with it hit number one in was parenting teenagers. So yay, that was yay. <laughs> um, And it's not. I mean, I hasten to add, it's it's a book that you know, it's the book that I use when I go to corporates as well as if I'm doing stuff in school or with parents. So it's a it's a bit of an every man book, really, every woman book. Mm, I love that, and I'm curious to hear a bit more. Like you know, if you could 
somehow tell us in a nutshell what are people going to find when they when they get their hands on this book. But I first wanted to point out a couple of things which I think are quite important because again, once again, we live in a world where I want things and I want them now. So, you know, you mentioned one word which for me is key, is resilience, is knowing that you're in for a long journey and sometimes it's not the easiest of journeys. But when you care about something as much as you did, Alice, which is the second one, when passion and alignment come to play, those two things can definitely get you to wonderful places. Like what's your case in actually having this book now topping the charts on Amazon? So please, for anybody listening to us, do not despair when those things happen, when you get red marks all over the place. Things can come to fruition. Things, you know, do actually happen. Dreams come true. So please don't despair. Bit of resilience, bit of passion shining through can get you there. And now to the actual question, Alice. Uh, so yeah, if you can tell us a little bit what people are going to find when they find this book, because I think we heard about why it was so important for you to write it. And I think that's going to shine through page after page. So I hope it's published by, by a small publisher called Practical Inspiration. And I love that name because I, I think it probably reflects what I've tried to do with the book, which is to both. So the stuff that we've been talking about, like, you know, OK, what are needs? How do you find your needs? You know, how will they help you to speak to your child? How will they help you to manage your you know, team of leaders? All of these practical things are in there. And I hope it's in a very clear way it's got lots of stories in it it's got lots of pictures it's got little exercises you can do if you want to I hate doing exercises in books so I don't I don't ever do them so they're missable out and then I hope there's also the inspiration like what would it actually look like if we lived in a world where politicians were actually trying to understand what the needs were on the other side of the argument and how they could you know, walk towards those and how could their own needs be heard? You know, so on a sort of global scale, how could we dream the world in terms of needs? And it's a it's a kindness, but it's a really strong kindness because it doesn't give up on what we care about at all, but it does seek to really understand the other and, and where they're coming from. I mean, you know, in terms of the book, as I say, I think I think the main thing is it's it's very highly and carefully structured to try to make it someone said it's a page turner which i'm not sure is good or bad for a sort of this type of book i don't necessarily want people to be like whizzing through it but it is really beautiful and um yeah i'm really proud of it yeah i can't wait to read it i bought it i just haven't read it yet but yeah i'm looking forward to read it <laughs> it's such an achievement yeah, such an achievement, really is, especially from going from someone telling you it's unreadable. I mean, to keep going after that. You're giving me hope, Alice, because I also hate writing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you're giving me some hope. <laughs> so, you know what really, what, what really when I, whilst I was writing it, I, I kept hearing these sort of interviews with people who'd done amazing things I might want to do on Radio 4 in the morning and each of them would say, oh, there was a point when I wanted to give up or, you know, or it was so difficult. I just couldn't do it. And, that, and what I, what I realised was, you know, I'm in the middle of these moments, but I don't know how the story ends. I don't know if I get to write the book or not. But they didn't either at that time. It's not like 
you know, they were having these difficult moments in the light of, but they'd done this great, amazing thing in the end. And that really, it was such an obvious thing, but it just really struck me that, you know, when we're in those horrible moments, we don't know how our story ends. So we, like you were saying earlier, Lucia, you know, it's keeping the kind of, keeping our, our vision, getting the support we need. I think that's really important as well that you said that, that having a team to support you, I think as human beings, we need to connect and do things together when things get hard. You, you kind of reach out on each other's expertise. So I think that's a really important message for our listeners. So Alice, is there anything you still want to achieve? Yes, my latest big, fat, hairy, audacious goal. Is that the word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being audacious in coaching. Yeah, well, I've decided I'd quite like to win the Nobel Peace Prize. (laughs) (laughs) But on my route to doing that, I'd like to be on Desert Island Discs. I've always wanted to be on Desert Island Discs. but, But both of those things come with, like, what I'd really like them to be recognising is that, you know, the work that I'm doing is, it does have a wider impact. And I'd also kind of like not really like to appear on them because because I'd, I'd want it to be, again, I do like to operate as a team. So I'd want it to be kind of the whole, you know, the whole sort of a whole group of us who've, who've managed to who've managed to make these kind of changes. You're a woman of our own heart because we, we're desperate to just try and make people be better humans, basically. <laughs> so <laughs> this is this is so, so lovely to hear. Yeah, oh. that's music to our ears. I think, you know, when you just realise that when you become a better person that you were yesterday or at least you were trying, then things start opening up, as we like to call it, magic starts happening and you move from that place of I'm just barely surviving to thriving and things do look brighter when you start moving on to that space so thank you for writing a book that is going to help us shed some light on that definitely help us better understand ourselves and our needs and the needs of others and doing it so from that piece of you know not losing yourself but I am end so is that adding of like once I know myself I'm better able to know others and I think that is a very important message and a very important piece that needs you know hammering so Alice we've got a couple more questions for you one of them the one that we love asking and I think our guests don't like answering that much is can you sum up in one sentence how have you made your life better well I'm so glad you did give me this question in advance because it gave me a chance to think about it and actually I can um, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how well I can do it, but I can definitely do it. Um, and and I, I think I got clear at some point that what I wanted in life was to really thrive myself, to be happy, and I wanted to contribute more widely. And then it wasn't conscious, I suppose, but I went about finding Alice-shaped ways of achieving those things and I really firmly believe that each of our paths is different but I think being I think being clear that I wasn't going to settle for less than that that actually that's what I was going to go for has been the driving point in my life and I am really happy to say that after a very miserable first half of my life the last 15 years have been wonderful and I do feel both extremely you know well and happy and also also as though I am doing what I know how to do best to contribute 
roll on the next 15. (laughs) (laughs) You can feel that spark of energy that you've got when someone's doing something that they love and they're passionate about. So thank you so much for joining us today. And I know people will want to find you. So can you tell people where they can find you? I can. So my website is needs-understanding.com. Yeah, that's the best place online, really. And then you can order my book from all good bookshops um, and from Amazon. And actually, I'd love to make a request, if I may, which is that if people want to buy the book and are willing to buy it from um, Amazon, if they might consider leaving a review, that would be really helpful because it is what would most help me to get the word out there. So, um, yeah, if, if, if listeners had a, had a willingness to do that, I would I would be very grateful. We'll, we'll definitely put the links um, in there for your both your website and the book and echo in. Anybody leave a review. <laughs> and thank you so much to both of you for having me. It has been an absolute delight to join you this morning and congratulations on your lovely podcast. Um, and, and yeah, what a privilege to, to share it with you. Mm, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to our viewers for joining us for one more week. Thanks for showing us your love and appreciation. And please share the episode with anyone you think will benefit from it. Like, leave a comment and subscribe. We look forward to seeing you next week. And in the meantime, stay well, stay safe and stay inspired. Much love. Much love.